Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Trying to recruit someone right now? At irishjobs.ie, we know it's just one more thing on your endless to-do list. Somewhere between preparing Friday's presentation and picking up dinner. That's where irishjobs.ie can help. With almost one million registered career seekers in our constantly updated talent bank, you can be sure you'll always hire the pick of the bunch. Take that to-do list. Get a fresh perspective on your recruitment. Visit irishjobs.ie forward slash hire. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Points, Planet F1's very own podcast. Considering we started the podcast around the time F1 came to a halt, we haven't really had much big breaking news to discuss in it, but that's all changed now with the news that Sebastian Vettel is leaving Ferrari. Uh, joining me as always, to dig into the sport's biggest story for quite a while, um, is Michelle Foster. Michelle, isn't it, isn't it nice to finally have some big stuff happening in, in F1 again? Good morning, Finley. Uh, I'm very impressed with Ferrari that we have some big news, as you said. Um, I'm very impressed they didn't do a Red Bull and leave it till 11 o'clock at night. And yeah, also great that they didn't do it on the first day of the season. So we've actually got plenty of time to talk about this. Yeah, it's really, uh, really kicked off silly season. And um, by the looks of it, things are just going to kind of snowball from here. So yeah, it's good. It's nice. Um I mean, before we get into the, the silly season talk of where Vettel could go next and uh, whether Carlos Sainz is the right man to replace him, um, if that looks like it's set to happen, then maybe we just start by taking a kind of broader look at Vettel's time at the Italian team. Um, obviously, when he joined, he was kind of, well, he was the golden boy of the grid with his four consecutive championships. Um, and... The aim was obviously, and the expectation even, was for him to bring titles back to Ferrari and add to his own haul. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. So, I mean, where did it all go wrong for him? Yeah, I think it's been probably one of the most disappointing results for Ferrari in, in many a year. And I know that's quite shocking to say, given that Vettel twice finished runner-up in the championship. He's also got a third with them. But it just never quite kicked off. You know, his first two years with Ferrari, you could argue the fact that they didn't have the car to beat Mercedes. And then they picked up the pace and they got the engine better and everything improved. But it was almost like the frustration had set in with Vettel from 2017 already. And the mistakes just started coming through. I don't know if it was because he was excited that he finally had a car that could win a championship that it just it just kind of like all went went horribly wrong. There was a lot of red mist involved. I mean, you can look at his Bucky thing with, with Lewis Hamilton. I mean, that was that was horrendous. But I think that was the very first sign that that things were starting to crack for Seb. And yeah, he just never seemed to really bring it all back together, which is is so disappointing because I mean, he he replaced Fernando Alonso. He was supposed to be the guy who was going to do what Alonso never could. 
at Ferrari, and and now it seems, unfortunately, two world champions might be leaving the sport. Vettel on the back of Alonso, um, pretty much having been brought to their knees by Ferrari. Yeah, it looks that way. Unless Vettel pulls off a shock this season. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, the first two years, 15, 16, he he obviously didn't have the car to compete with Mercedes really. Um, and I mean, looking back, I'd argue that in terms of purely driving alone compared to the car he had his first season was probably his best season at ferrari and a driver never wants that when he's joining the new team to never never improve on his first season there um but yeah i think 2015 was was solid and it kind of it was a case of well if you give him the car he'll be ready to take advantage but then 2016 obviously wasn't good i think you know he struggled to really even comfortably defeat Kimi raikkonen which isn't ideal um and then, yeah, 17 and 18, he had the car. Um, 18 in particular, he arguably had the best car on the grid. So how much do you think his driving is to blame for him failing to um, win a title? And how much do you think Ferrari themselves have to take responsibility for it? Finley, I really do believe it's 50-50. Ferrari made as many mistakes as Vettel made. Um, there were bad strategy calls on the pit lane for the last couple of years. They've really made some nightmares and made life a bit more difficult for him, which I think kind of put the pressure on him when he was in a position to do well, that, that he would unfortunately mess it up at times. So I really think they both need to take their fair share of the blame. As I said, I, I would put it down as 50-50. It's just, yeah, it's just really so disappointing. I mean, we all had such high expectations when, you know, it was a full-time world champion joining Ferrari. And now it's kind of a full-time world champion slinking off the back door. Yeah, it's definitely not what I... I mean, if somebody told me back in 2014 when it was announced he'd be joining Ferrari for 2015 and they told me that he, he, he'd he spend five, six seasons there and he'd fail to win a title. I mean, I, I'd struggle to believe it. It's it, it, even more so the fact that Ferrari would fail to win a thing. You know, it, it always feels like, oh, it's a matter of time before Ferrari get back on top, but... It just hasn't happened. Obviously, that's largely down to the strength of Mercedes. But even so, um, lastly, do you think, hypothetically, if Ferrari chose to keep Kimi Raikkonen for another year ahead of Charles Leclerc for 2019, um, we wouldn't be in this situation now? Vettel would still be there? Uh, yes, I think very much. Unfortunately, um, Leclerc did to, to Vettel what Daniel Ricciardo did to him in his final year at Red Bull and, and showed, showed him up. And when Vettel unfortunately gets shown up, it's, it does unfortunately seem to lead to more mistakes. I mean, if you just take into account his Brazil crash with, with Charles Leclerc, I mean, they weren't even fighting over a podium. I think they were fighting over fourth and fifth place. And Vettel just, wasn't willing to lay down and die, you know? which, I mean, fair enough. He's a racer. He shouldn't have to. But it was just so unnecessary. And I think that might have been the final straw, straw in that one. Um, at no stage did Ferrari come out and chastise Leclerc for his actions. And I think Vettel probably felt kind of how Daniel Ricciardo felt when he had that clash with Max Verstappen that the team was backing the other guy. I mean, his, his comments in the press release, I thought was very telling where he said, you know, there's just, there's no harmony and, and we've decided, what was it? We do, we no longer have a common desire to work together. And yeah, I thought that was, that was a really harsh thing to say. Um, 
Uh, but, I mean, like I said, the fact that he says common desire as well, it means Ferrari weren't keen on working with Vettel as much as Vettel was no longer keen on working with Ferrari. He was offered a one-year deal. Leclerc's got a, a five-year deal, if you're including this year. Um, and the politics has just completely swung in Leclerc's favour. And Sebastian Vettel, mistakes aside, or even considering his mistakes, is not a number two driver. No, it's funny. In a way, his, his career has kind of come full circle. You know, back in... 2010, um, and even up until 2013, really, he had Mark Webber as a teammate, and you know they 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 crashed in Istanbul, and Webber got all the blame from the team, whereas Vettel was this kind of young, exciting uh, talent for the team that could do no wrong in the eyes of Red Bull and Christian Horner and Helmut Marko. Whereas now he's become the the older driver who's who's um, seen a, a younger guy fa- favored over him. So yeah, it's quite ironic in a way. Um, let, let's move on to what's going to happen next for him. Obviously, in a perfect world, he'd be he'd be taking a seat at Mercedes or Red Bull. But I mean, you're going through these first. I can't really. I I think Red Bull's just rule that out immediately. That's Max Verstappen's team now, and Vettel would never join it. Um, Mercedes. I think the only option would be if Eddie Jordan does turn out to be right about Lewis Hamilton joining Ferrari. And they do a simple swap, but uh, personally, I I can't see Hamilton leaving Mercedes for Ferrari. Um, what about you? Do you think that's a seat that can open up for Vettel? It's an interesting one because on the one hand, I want to go no. It's just it's not going to happen um, this season. Let's say Hamilton wins title number seven, that puts him on a par with Michael Schumacher. Why would he want to walk away from? I mean. 2021 is going to be a continuation of 2020. Same rules in play, same chassis, etc., etc. So why would he walk away from a team and a car that hands him a seventh world title, which would pretty much guarantee him an eighth world title, and having that record all to himself? I can't see Hamilton doing that. Maybe if this had all played out a year later, you know, for 2022, he might move to Ferrari, but yeah, I really don't see him making that move for next season. But who knows? Maybe he makes the move and Seb takes one year at, at Ferrari. I mean, it's, I mean, at Mercedes. It's all very much up in the air. You don't know what's, what's going to motivate Hamilton in all of this. Like I said, to me, it, it would be that eight-fold title. It would be wanting to have that record and stand alone with that. That would keep him at Mercedes at least for another, at least for another year. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's got to be his priority, you'd think. And if, if that's his priority, then joining Ferrari would seem a, a surprising move, to say the least. I mean, I, I'd love to see Vettel at Mercedes, you know, back in a, in, in a top car, being the number one driver. I think it'd be really interesting to see how good he still is. You know, there were back in the day, people were, you know, the big debate was who's better, him or, him or Hamilton, whereas... That debate's kind of died down now, with Vettel generally considered, well, worse than even Verstappen and Leclerc. So I, I think it would be interesting, but it's not his most likely option if he wants to stay on the grid. Um, most likely option would probably be Renault or McLaren. So let's go through those. Thinking about it, I think McLaren seems seems more more likely option, just for a lot of reasons. I think Vettel's always kind of loved that history of the sport as it is and McLaren's obviously a very historic team um they're better than Renault quite frankly at the moment and they've got a Mercedes engine on the way so 
in terms of realistic options, do you think kind of Vettel signs swap is well is Vettel's best bet taking that McLaren seat? Yeah, that's also an interesting one. Initially, that's what everyone thought. If Daniel Ricciardo got the Ferrari seat, Vettel will be going to Renault, and if Carlos Sainz got the Ferrari seat, Vettel would be going to McLaren. Um, now, Italian journalist uh, Leo Torini has come out saying, well, actually, no, Ricardo's going to take that McLaren seat, which, again, throws the cat among the pigeons. Uh, what would Vettel do then? Would he take the Renault seat? Like you said, Renault is not, if not on a par with McLaren. You know? Last season, same engine, different chassis, and McLaren completely obliterated Renault in that battle which I have to say, that was a bit expected. I didn't expect such a big gap between the two. I think this season, McLaren is going to be a team who is going to put the car on the podium at least two or three times. Um, if Renault get one, I think they'd be very happy. So I don't see Vettel being open to a Renault seat. When Kimi Raikkonen lost his Ferrari seat, he walked down to Alfa Romeo, spoke to Frederick Vassier, and bagged a seat for two years because he just wanted to race. Vettel doesn't strike me as the type of guy who just wants to just wants to run around the track. Uh, he wants to be fighting for wins, if not regular podiums, and I don't think Renault will give that to him. If McLaren is an option, I see him taking that move. I mean, can you imagine Lando Norris getting to learn from Sebastian Vettel? I mean, you couldn't ask... He couldn't ask for a better teacher. I mean, Charles Leclerc has already come out and said he's learned more from Vettel than from anybody else in his career. So Vettel to McLaren, yes. But if Ricardo takes the McLaren seat, I believe Vettel will leave Formula One. Quickly mentioning there, those rumours, obviously, that um, Ricardo's joining McLaren. Just from McLaren's perspective, obviously... If they knew they had an open seat coming because Sainz was moving to Ferrari, they obviously knew Vettel would also be available. So why do you think it is that they went for Ricardo over Vettel? Um, and is that something you'd have done in charge? I, personally, for me, I don't know. I feel like I would have gone for Vettel, actually. If you maybe Vettel costs considerably more than Ricardo, which could be a factor. But like you said, they've already got one young, really exciting driver in Norris. And I think having Vettel there to kind of guide him and help him out and be the short-term lead driver would be, it would just be a really good setup for McLaren. Um, so why do you think it is that they've supposedly opted for Ricardo instead? Um, with you, I'm a bit befuddled by that one. Given the choice between the two and taking money out of the equation, because Vettel has already said he didn't say no to Ferrari, things didn't fall apart over money. Money is no object uh, to him. And I mean, he's been earning enough that it really isn't. I would I would pick Vettel. I would pick Vettel over Ricardo in a heartbeat. Um, yes, Danny Rick and Lando Norris seem to get on like a house on fire. Uh, but you'd almost be worried that there'd be, I don't know, potentially too much joking around going on. Uh, whereas Vettel still got a good sense of humor, but he's a lot a lot more serious than Danny Rick. I think if also if I was Lando Norris and I had a choice between learning from Ricardo or learning from a four-time world champion. I would take Vettel in a heartbeat as my teammate. So, yeah, so if McLaren do go with Danny Rick, I have to say I'm a bit befuddled by that one then. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there, I think. Don't get me wrong, I, I love Daniel Ricciardo. I love him as a guy and I love him as a driver. I think he's a great driver. Um, and I would take him over most drivers on the grid, to be honest. But 
just not over Sebastian Vettel. And yeah, I, I don't really see Daniel Ricciardo being that kind of mentor type to kind of give give Norris help and guide him. Um, whereas Vettel, I think, you know, especially if he knows it's going to be the last few years of his career, I think he'd definitely do that. But yeah, so obviously it looks to be set to happen, uh, Ricciardo to McLaren. So yeah, that would leave Vettel's only option as Renault. Um, and that begs the question, is he better off joining Renault, joining a midfield team? Or would people rather just kind of see him retire completely than, you know, I guess kind of doing Alonso and spend the last few years of his career fighting for top 10 finishes, let alone wins or even podiums? And this is a question that we put out on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and we did it as a poll as well, um, with retirement actually winning pretty comfortably. And yeah, we'll just read out a few comments we got from it. So we've got um, one from Juan Arguello who says, Retirement, he's been done for a while and he knows it. Pretty harsh. Uh, Rafael Ferruja said, uh, A midfield team with the potential to become a championship winning team. Uh, I think Racing Point slash Aston Martin is the team of the future which is an interesting one. I don't think many people have really considered it. Um, then we've got another pretty harsh one. We've got Idris Latif says, Sebastian Vettel should retire and give the exciting young guns a chance. He's passed his sell-by date. He should have raced for Ferrari for two seasons, only maybe three at the most. Um, and then we've got Anthony Paraselli who says, I'm thinking he retires. Ricardo ends up at McLaren. That leaves the door at Renault open for either Hulk to come back or Alonso. Um, and, I mean, the Ricardo to McLaren thing looks likely, at least. Forgetting about what would be better for him in terms of his career, would you rather see him, you know, driving around a runner, um, or just leave the sport altogether after a year at Ferrari? I would rather see him leave the sport than be fighting for 7th or even 6th place. Uh, he is a four-time world champion. He has been a fantastic ambassador for the sport. Um, he's a lovely chap as well. And who knows, maybe this lockdown he's decided that homeschooling is the way for him and he's enjoying teaching maths to his three youngsters or whatever. But yeah, I, I think I would definitely... I would definitely rather he, he stepped away from Formula One than be running for points. He, he's too good for that. He's just, he's really too good for that. I mean, Alonso at McLaren, it was, it was hard to watch. Schumacher coming back and doing three years with Mercedes, it was hard to watch. Um, the greats need to learn that there, there's a time, there's an expiration date on everybody's career and, yeah. Probably this is Vettel's. Unless, like we say, unless the McLaren seat is available to him, I think there would still be something worth fighting for at that. But I don't think there's anything worth fighting for at Renault. No, and it's it's something that the great drivers over the years have pretty simply failed to do, at least in the last decade or a bit over. Um, so few of them have actually gone out at the top, you know. You think about uh, Schumacher, as you mentioned, had a bad few years at... Mercedes, uh, Alonso at McLaren, obviously, Jensen Button at McLaren, Kimi Raikkonen at Alfa Romeo, Massa went to Williams and didn't do great. I think the only one I can think of that was in that kind of generation of getting race wins and podiums that went out at the top was probably Mark Webber. And I think if you asked him, he'd probably be pretty happy with the decision that he made in that case, because, yeah, of the all the other ones I just mentioned, I don't remember enjoying seeing any of them in a kind of midfield car. Uh, Alonso, it it was kind of fun and 
admirable, I guess, to see just how much he could get out of a car that wasn't good enough. But looking back, I'd have rather he just retired after he left Ferrari. And yeah, that's the case again for Vettel, to be honest, I think. Unless unless Renault can really nail the regulation changes and he has one bad year in the midfield and then he's back to fighting for podiums again. Great. Uh, but I, I don't see that happening, to be honest. I think Renault, they've made so many promises over the years about... Uh, three-year, five-year project or whatever. Um, that's how they got Ricardo. But in reality, we haven't really seen seen much progress from them, have we? Not enough for, to convince Vettel to in, I don't think. No, definitely not enough. I mean, Renault, when they came back, they said, OK, we're going to have two years of building, putting foundations into place, rebuilding the team. And then there was a third year and a fourth year, and Danny Rick joined and... But yeah, like you say, I mean, his first season with Renault was very disappointing. I can understand if the McLaren seat is open that he has very quickly dropped uh, Zach Brown, his CV. Um, yeah, the, the Renault project just doesn't seem to be taking off. It's not showing the signs that we'd all expected. So I don't see Vettel going, choose me, at all. No, no, I can't see it. Um... So, yeah, I think I'm probably leaning towards the idea of him retiring, uh, whether that's permanent or not. Who knows? He could come back, I guess, in 2022. But, yeah, I think we're both in agreement that that's the most likely option and probably the best option for him. Um, in terms of who's going to replace him, as we mentioned, it's it's not been confirmed yet, but it's the general consensus that Carlos Sainz is set to be announced uh, as the Ferrari driver. Before it happened, obviously, there were there were a few hours between Vettel's uh, confirmation that he was leaving and Carlos Sainz becoming the clear favourite. Um, and in those few hours, generally, it was Sainz or Ricardo who's the better option. And generally, Daniel Ricardo was the more the more popular option among fans and journalists here in Formula One. So, do you think that Ferrari have kind of made a mistake going for Sainz over Ricardo, or do you think he's the right man for the job? No, I'm completely torn over this one, to be honest with you. Um, my first reaction was sign Danny Rick. They've got Charlotte who's 22 years old. Uh, D- yeah, Danny Rick is 30 now, so let's, let's call it three years or so. But I would have given him that three years. You've already got someone in place who you're building for the future for. I mean, Leclerc is, by the sounds of everything you read, going to be Ferrari's next world champion pretty much no matter what. But I, I would have given Danny Rick the chance. I would have given him those three years in the car, but like made it clear pretty much, I mean, unless he obliterates Leclerc and wins three world titles, that, that that's it. He's going to have those three years. And then Leclerc will be 25 going on 26. And then maybe time to bring in someone younger. Whereas they've gone with the, pretty much the exact opposite. I mean, uh, Carlos Sainz is 25, but he, he is still pretty young in the sport. I think he's done five years now. I think this is his fifth or his sixth. First with Toro Rosso, then he went to Renault, and now he's with McLaren. But if you look at it, he really showed himself well last season, uh, Carlos Sainz. He pulled off some fantastic overtaking moves. He would shoot from the back of the grid further up the field for passing six, seven, eight cars in the opening lap. But all of those were against sort of other midfield cars. It'll be interesting to see what he can do in a Ferrari. 
like I said, I would have chosen I would have chosen Danny Rick for three years, but Ferrari it seems have chosen Carlos Sainz. Uh, apparently, we're going to get confirmation tomorrow sometime. And yeah, maybe maybe they feel he might be more willing to be number two to Leclerc than Danny Rick would be. I mean, like I said, Danny Rick would have three years left maximum, so I don't know if he'd be willing to to risk his chance of a world title by signing a number two contract. Whereas I don't know, maybe maybe Carlos Sainz is. Yeah, I think that's got to be that's got to be the main reason, right? That that Ferrari have gone for Sainz. It has to be the fact that. He's more willing to be a number two and help out Leclerc um, because, yeah, I think in terms of just pure driver ability at the moment, I, I think Daniel Ricciardo, I think he's definitely better than Carlos Sainz. Um, don't get me wrong, I think Carlos Sainz is a great driver. I think he he showed himself well against Max Verstappen at Toro Rosso. Um, obviously, last season was great. So, yeah, I, I think he is a great driver, but I just think Daniel Ricciardo is... I think Daniel Ricciardo is definitely race-winning material, maybe even title-winning material. Um, and that's a given, you know. We've seen him win races, whereas that's that, that, that's not a given with Carlos Sainz. He might be. He might be good enough, but we just don't know because he's never left the midfield. Um, so I think it, it has to be the fact that they wanted a number two for Leclerc because even in terms of age, I get that Sainz is a lot younger than Ricciardo, but if I were them, I'd probably, I'd rather sign Ricardo, have him for a few years as a stopgap, and then hire someone from um from their their academy like Mick Schumacher or um Schwartzman. So yeah, I think in terms of ability, Ricardo had it. In terms of age, I don't think that would have been a factor. So to me, at least, it looks like signs being signed is is a uh, sign. It's a tongue twister that they just want someone to help out Leclerc. Do you think he's he's good enough to challenge Leclerc, um, regardless of kind of the team orders? Do you think if they let them race, he'd be good enough to fight Leclerc for wins and titles, or do you think he is kind of that his level is number two driver for a top team? I hope for his sake he is good enough to fight Leclerc because otherwise he's got, let's call it, three years with Ferrari and he's going to find himself at a Williams team or something like that. So I, I really hope he does. We also, we, we need that battle. We need some entertainment in Formula One um, and teammates clashing. It's always good fun, at least for the rest of us. But yeah, I, I think there's going to be something in that contract that's going to let him know that Leclerc has priority status. And it's up to science to, to prove that Ferrari have made the wrong call. Have they made the wrong call, if that is what it is? I don't think so. I think Charlotte really is a shining light, a future world champion. I cannot say the same for Carlos Sainz. But then again, he hasn't been given the opportunity. So let's see how next season plays out. Um, and then we can revisit the topic. Yeah, um, whether it's a good good decision from Ferrari is one thing. Um, and I think everyone's in agreement that even if it's not as good as Ricardo, he still is a good option for them, I guess. Um, but another matter is whether it's actually a good decision for him or not. A lot of people have been saying it was a really poor um, career move in terms of his personal career because he was the lead driver at McLaren. They're on the up. They've got a Mercedes engine on the way. And yeah, he'd be the man to kind of lead their charge back to the top, I guess, for quite a while, considering how young Norris is. Whereas at Ferrari, he's, I mean, he's definitely not going to 
going to be the number one. Um, and like we said, it's pretty likely that he'll be a clear-cut number two driver. So, I don't know, if you were signed, would you have rather be number one at a resurgent McLaren team or number two at Ferrari team who seem to constantly screw things up? I would have stuck with McLaren, personally, which is probably the strangest thing anybody can say when you consider if you can race for McLaren or race for Ferrari. But yeah, he should have stuck with McLaren. I think McLaren are going places. Like I said, they're going to have the Mercedes power units next season. Um, they've gone a long way towards saying that that's not going to be the be-all and the end-all, but wow, it's definitely going to help them. Um, so yeah, I, I really think, and, and him and Lando Norris as teammates just seem to really gel and really work. I, I think he's making a mistake, but I hope for his sake that he proves me wrong. Yeah, I think it, it really, really shows how much progress McLaren have made in even the last the last year alone, to be honest. Um, obviously, having a Mercedes engine in the future is a factor as well. But if you if someone heard us say in, in you know, 20, 2017 that we think three years on, it's, it's a better option for a driver to stay at McLaren than join Ferrari. That would just, it would just seem like an insane thing to say. But I mean, yeah, they've, they've, they've come on leaps and bounds really in the last year or so. And yeah, I think that's set to continue. But hey, hey, looks like that signs the decision. Um, I think, you know, I, I quite like him. I hope it works out for him. And, you know, I, I hope he at least gets a few race wins, if not titles, because I, I can't see him beating Leclerc to that. Um, Well, yeah, there you have it. That's all that we think about the start of F1's 2020 silly season. Um, It looks set to continue, obviously, with many outlets expecting an official signs to Ferrari announcement tomorrow. Um, So be sure to keep an eye on the planetf1.com website to uh, find out about that yeah michelle thanks as always it looks yeah it looks like silly season's well underway now doesn't it very much so um who's going to be where i guess any time will tell hopefully we get the saints announcement tomorrow and uh yeah hopefully mccarran or Renault then wait to, to make theirs next week so we can space this out a bit as we all do the countdown to early july yeah i do hope all the news doesn't come at once because uh, i i i need stuff to Keep keep me happy before the uh, actual sport comes back. One um, I think it's a really strange situation, isn't it? You've got teams drivers being confirmed as leaving before before the season's even started. Yeah, I've said that is a very strange one. I don't. I can't actually think of a time where that's that's been in play, where kind of like you've known that this this is the end of it. Um, it's so strange. I mean, you want to say like Vettel and his five years with Ferrari, but hang on, wasn't it a six-year contract? But no way, we're still waiting for year number six to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it is a weird situation, and it'll be interesting to see how he does, uh, how Sainz does, and how Ricardo does, assuming those two are also confirmed. Um, yeah, thanks to everyone else uh, listening for listening in as always. Um, as I said, keep an eye on our website as well as our Twitter, Planet underscore F1, and our Facebook page, Planet F1. Thanks again. Stay safe, stay sane, and um, yeah, see you soon. Bye. The all new Hyundai i20. Ireland's fastest growing small family car this year. 
The Motor Press say, the old guard need to be wary of being overtaken. See what they mean by taking a test drive in the striking all-new Hyundai i20. The daring super mini that's shaking up the competition. Visit your local Hyundai dealer today. Fastest growing small family car this year based on the most recently published monthly figures. Sports Social Podcast Network.